Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, hey, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. I want to thank them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host Patrick from Polstring Press for this great studio. Hey, Patrick. Yeah, good morning, Mark. Patrick, it's it's been raining, it feels like, for weeks. It feels like it should rain for months. We, we could, could only hope. Oh, man, I know. And I would love you to meet uh, our guest this morning, Bill Camarillo from Agramen down in the southern part of the 805. Bill, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. And so the it's been it the rain is like the big the news right we just having rain forever and ever which I really really like I I, I hate though that every time it rains somebody tells me how it's not enough and I'm oh. like but it is better than nothing yes you know yes but everybody wants to be the kind of doubting Thomas and oh no it's it's not it's not we we need this for eight more years to get caught up <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot you're asking for well, well bill your your business well, we're going to get into that but I, I i was looking at um the agriman website and you take waste and turn it into soil is that a fair way is that an easy way to say that that planting mixes and things like that but do you have big piles of that get wet in this rain is that a problem for you uh it's not a problem it's a little bit of a challenge to get moving around but it's actually raining money for us if you think about it <laughs> well there you go raining so money. raining money yeah. how is that well we um, recycle organic waste which is primarily green waste uh, yard right. waste type materials food waste wood waste and we uh, convert them back into plant nutrients so uh, they came from the soil our job right. is to put them back to the soil right and how long have you been doing that 25 years. This is my oh, 25th year. Well, I, uh, congratulations. Spent 10 years in the Marine Corps and oh, finished, my, finished my education and got out and started this with a couple of high school friends 25 years no ago. No kidding. Tell me. I want to hear that story. So, yeah, we all grew up in Ventura County. Right. And uh, my partners were tree trimmers. They trimmed trees out of high-powered lines for Edison and had our own waste stream. Okay. And then waste uh, stream is that the waste, industry term? Yeah, we don't want to call it trash. <laughs> it's actually a wasted resource if you really think about it, oh. uh, because plants and trees are really uh, the mechanism of storing energy from the sun. So when you really take a look at a piece huh. of wood and you put it in the fireplace, what what are you really seeing? You're really seeing the energy from the sun. Wow. Okay. Keep going. I, I like so, that. So, you know, after spending 10 years in the Marine Corps, I finished uh, four degrees, and my last one was an MBA, and I'm an entrepreneur by nature. Four, hold it. Four degrees? Yeah. Ten the, years the, in the Marine Corps, I had to do the, something. The, I was just going to say, the Marines <laughs> didn't keep you busy enough? They did. I went to school at night, so. Oh, my um, gosh. I knew I had to finish my education, and I did, and uh, ended up finishing an MBA from University of Redlands, which is... Uh, um, makes everybody else who gets an MBA without being in the Marine Corps during the day <laughs> kind of seem like, oh, really? You just went to school all day? Yeah, right. yeah. slackers. Yeah, yeah. And do something else. Good luck with that. Uh, so we started the company back in 1992-ish, and um, it was really um, to manage their own tree waste. And it, uh, with all the legislation that got passed to divert organics from landfills, you know, we're effectively headed toward a ban of organics from landfills so by 2025. Is, no, so I don't know. What does that mean? So 
the government through Sacramento has um, put out a lot of new legislation and regulation to divert organic waste from landfills. Because why, it, why is that? It produces methane. Okay, got it. It's and got even, energy in it. Right. It's full yeah. of energy. It is, and it has to go somewhere. It has so to go somewhere. It goes into the atmosphere. Even though uh, waste companies, landfill companies today, do a great job of trying to use higher and better technologies to capture that methane gas, there's right. still a about a 25% fugitive emission of methane into the atmosphere. Here's a fugitive, that's so great. It's a great way to describe methane. Fugitive emissions. Yeah. It means they couldn't catch it. Um, that's, so, what, that's what my wife likes to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you think about that, methane is about 80 times more potent than CO2. So with the Assembly Bill 32 that was passed in 06, huh. which is the climate change bill to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, why are we putting that plant nutrient-rich material back in the right. landfills? Why aren't we reusing it? So that's what we do. We uh, convert that material back into plant nutrients. We mimic Mother Nature, basically. Uh, we speed it up so it doesn't take two to ten years. Our process takes about 45 days. So like in a, in a, a traditional forest, or uh, plant material might fall off the tree, hit the ground, and then to decompose into working dirt, it would take t up to ten years? Take two to ten years, two depending years. on how big the pieces are, you sure, know, and right. uh, leaves are going to break down faster in grass than a branch is going to. So our process is to grind it all up, you know, small, mm -hmm. and use Mother Nature's process, which is a, you know, a biology process of breaking the material down using, you know, bacteria and fungi to break the material down. Do you have to buy that bacteria and fungi, or do you, is that a, a, a not the, sustainable is not the right word. It's you a grow gift. your own, it's a gift. Wait, no, oh. would you call it a grift? It's a gift. <laughs> gift. Oh, a gift. I thought it was grift, like a growing gift. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to use that one. Though. There you go. Okay, well, that's free. Yeah, yeah. A grift. Yeah. I'm going to remember that one. Um, so, no, it's it's actually a gift. It's Mother Nature's process. All we do is try to harness that in a manner where we speed it up so it doesn't take two to ten years. And then we convert that material back into a stabilized compost. And then we use that and make mixes out of it, depending on the application. Mm, mm. You know, whether you're growing tomatoes or you're growing grass or you're growing trees or palms or succulents, we we make over 200 different types of mixes what? for all different kinds of applications. Wait, so is- oh, Hold is, it, hold it. Is your process, I, I have a technical question in there. Is your process not then putting off the methane the way that, that it does when it's in the landfill? Right, because methane production is through an anaerobic because when it's process oh, with no it's, oxygen. Oh, when it's, it's sealed. sealed Ours is aerobic, nice. um, so it doesn't produce methane in that manner. Right, because the, 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 the obvious criticism would be like, well, if you just keep it out of the landfill, isn't it just going to do the same thing somewhere else? And it's like, no, it, no, do, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It's actually converting itself back into a stabilized soil nutrient. And uh, so we harvest that. And we use it kind of as a flower to our cake mix. Huh. And we make all <laughs> right. these different kinds of products based on soil deficiencies. So everybody's soil, your backyard versus your backyard, is going to have a different profile in the soil. Right. And we test that, especially in agriculture. You know, productive agriculture is constantly testing the soil to figure out what the deficiencies are. And then right. they amend them. Right. To put some of those nutrients back in the soil, and that's what we do. Where's perfect soil? What's perfect soil look like? What's it got in it? We don't know. No? 
you haven't seen it necessarily. It's, there's not like, oh, well, there's just one valley in, in the middle of Montana <laughs> that if you just had that soil. It depends on what you're going to grow. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you could see perfect soil, and it could be great for wine grapes, but horrible for oh. cactus. Mm, mm. So just like people, what's perfect food? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huh. The food that if you're a bodybuilder versus somebody who's diabetic, those aren't going to be the same Not going to be the same food. So the answer is it depends on what you're growing. And so... So 200 at, at one, at first listen, sounded like a crazy amount of things to Like more than you of. would need. But then as soon as you said that, I went, hold it, is that enough? <laughs> no, we're constantly um, designing new products for different applications. Right. Like we created a new product recently called Turf Rescue. Mm. It, uh, sh- it, it hoard me to see everybody trying to rip their grass out. And I was like, it, they just said use less water, not rip your grass out. They're okay. still using okay. water. Okay. So, you know, the cutbacks were 20, 30% mm-hmm. most of the, in most cases. So we created this new product that's called Turf Rescue, and it's got compost and biochar in it. That's a whole, biochar. Di- whole different material. Okay. It's made out of a wood stream. Mm. And, um, and we use that now to put back in turf, and we've done lots of big golf courses. And um, you basically aerate the turf. You put the material over the top. You water it in. And then after about a week, you start cutting the water back. And we've been able to cut the water back almost fifty percent in most cases, yes. And the grass stays green because it. What that is is this one of those things like fixing the problem that fixing the problem with in a way that that other people didn't like. Everybody thought, oh, it's just water. Let's just solve the water thing. And you're saying, well, there's, there's lots of ways to keep grass green. It's the, there's lots of elements in this grass being green. It's not just the water. Right. Understand what's happening to right. the water. Right. Is it going into the atmosphere? Is, it, is not, it just mm. draining? Yeah, right. Is it not holding so the, inside? The of root it? system is like a little animal, and you got to hold the nutrients in the water by the root system for the plant to grow. Right. In most cases, it drains or it goes into the atmosphere, and then the root system is still left hunting for water and nutrients. Right. So the trick is to hold the nutrients in the water by the root system. Right. So you and use your product does that. We do. The innovation that seems to have come along wow. with, with, with the water restriction has really said, it, it's very interesting to watch products like that that, that say, um, you don't have to give up the way you're living your life. We just have to be smarter about how it is that we're exactly. utilizing all of these elements, right. which, is, which is the best kind of conservation. It's just to say, let's just figure out a better way to do the same thing. You're right. Everybody wants green grass, not tall grass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So how can we stop <laughs> over watering it, stop over fertilizing it? Yeah. You just want it to be green. So get it just to hold. So better. understand the grass, understand your soil, make your grass green. And it, it doesn't want to grow through the roof and get chopped by a mower, you know. So it's really about being more sustainable in how we do things. Mm-hmm. And not be wasteful. Well, and from the start, you're, you're literally from the start, you're saying the soil if we have a good base in the soil, then you can do a lot of things that you've wanted to do without without any of the drawbacks. Right. But that, but there's something else that's very interesting here, which is you identified the problem as the, the water either evaporates or it drains out, it either goes up or down. So what do we do to hold the water at, at a one or two inch level? And how many scientists does it take to figure that out? They I've got to, to figure some someone smart said, hold right. it. We could just hold the water. They have to want to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. You have to. Um, so huh. it's not that they can't figure it out. That is a great way. That's that. That's the moonshot, right? It's like saying like we're never going to go to the moon if we don't try to go to the moon. Right. Yeah. So it's um, basics understanding of 
Mother Nature. It's basic understanding of science. It is a science project, but it's right. biology and chemistry altogether, not one or the other. And you typically have scientists that are really good at biology and really good at chemistry, and they don't talk to each other. Mm. Oh. So they're in all these little silos, right. like the government, right? and they don't communicate even though we're all trying to solve the same problem. Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, just mind blown over here. Uh, <laughs> but it's just because I, 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 I'm, I'm really interested in design thinking and solving problems and how, you know, do we have to innovate or do we have to invent? And it sounds like there was a, a little bit of both there, mm -hmm. right? Figuring out what the right mix of those things was. Right. And what's that product called again? It's called Turf Rescue. Turf Rescue. Um, I work with Metropolitan Water District of Southern California on a huge innovation, water innovation project where they're always looking for innovative ideas, products, thinking, policies, whatever it is that's going to help in the water thing. I'm absolutely going to make sure they get this episode. Sure. Because this is, the, that, this is such a critical problem because we have so much grass. And we still, I don't care how much rain we have, it's still a, we, have, we live in a desert. Period. And, and grass is important to cooling. You can't just rip it all out. You're going to have a different problem. So you, it's not one or the other in human nature. It's it's balance. The goal is always balance. You got to find the balance, and we have a tendency to be extreme, mm. one or the other. Mm. So um, is that just because people only understand? Like we think that large groups of people are only going to under, understand just like okay, we're just going to we're just going to put a ban on 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 water in your lawns, because that's the only way we can't deal in subtleties or something. Like right. we can't. We can't, we can't say, okay, you know, I mean, I know for years they've, they've attempted to say, like, you can only water, like when they say, we'll water every other day, or if you're on the odd side of the street, right. you get to water on, you know, Tuesdays or Wednesdays or whatever. Uh, but it seems like, yeah, they just, the, when, when you're operating with large societies, you just want to hand them one rule. One yeah, and I think rule. the extremes create innovation. Do they? Okay. Yeah. That's oh. A, yeah. I think when you have extremes, you have smart people thinking, hmm. How can we it, find the way? Th there's got to be a better way. And then you get people thinking, now they have a reason yeah, to yeah. want to think differently. Right, because you guys weren't necessarily looking for turf rescue. You, nope. you created turf rescue because of the need for, for this idea. We knew that healthy soils can reduce the use of water and chemicals. Now, how do we fix it? What's mm. the plant asking for? Right. And how do we do that? And how do we place it in the right spot? so that it does use less water and less chemical. Is there ever a time where there's a soil you want to create uh, and you just can't? It's like, like there's just some kind of, in, you, you run up against an issue and you're like, ah, oh, we're not fixing that dirt. Yeah, when there's too many <coughs> minerals, you know, you can't either create nor destroy minerals. They, they just exist. They exist, okay? Right. You're just converting them most of the time. So if you've had an extreme application of a particular mineral to a soil, it's hard to figure out how to dilute it convert it, move it. Mm. So, yeah, we run into soils that have high cadmium concentrations that are hard to, That's a to get mineral. moved. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but they can all be fixed over time and with money. I, here, here's, I'm sorry. I just, I'd like to take well, a little exception. Yeah, 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 no, you were fine. I remember being a child, <laughs> and I remember people talking about, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I remember, like, so many, and I watched my, my niece do this the other day at, at her preschool. They, they went down the line, and everybody said, what do they want to be when they grow up? And, and I would say probably 98% of them said whatever their parents' job was. And so I just love the idea of, of a group of people sitting around in an office discussing and debating designing dirt. <laughs> I think that's just that's such a beautiful image in my mind because mm -hmm. I think there's not a school kid out there who's going, you know what my career could be? 
I could save all of the grass in Southern California if I just created the right dirt. But that's that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those jobs. that seems kind of maybe maybe you're, that's just your day to day. But I think, wow, what an exciting and strange and unexpected job to have. Yeah, and I see the soil through a periodic table. Huh. I see everything is a plant nutrient. Oh. Everything in this whole office is a plant nutrient. Huh. The challenge is to get it to a form in which a plant can uptake the nutrient. Huh. So everything in this office. You could turn into food. Is in a periodic table. It came from the soil. Right. The right. job is right. to figure out how to convert it and put it back. Wow. This, so this is the argument about plastics, too. There's a, there's a huge debate around this, this concept of plastics where even if you ask most people and say, where do plastics come from? Like, what's the raw mineral for, for inside of plastics? There's this discussion of it. And I don't even think I have a firm grasp of it. But it's like, can, what, what about that? Is there any room in there for, like, re- returning plastic to a material that would be uh, sure. yeah, useful? Yeah, it's c- like it comes from that. petroleum-based materials. Right. So it's a carbon-based material. Okay, so that's taking it down. Oh, so you're getting it all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So we live in a carbon world. Right. So we chase carbon. That's huh. what we do. So they want it out of Is the that atmosphere. Your t-shirt? We right. chase carbon. It will be when I leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we um, want it out of the atmosphere. We want it out of the atmosphere because there's too much and it's causing global warming, right. which creates different different issues, right? Sure. And um, carbon's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. It's just too much. Of, too much of anything's a bad thing. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 So yeah, if yeah. we have too much carbon in the atmosphere, let's figure out a way to capture it and put it back in the soil because that's where it came from and that's where it belongs. And trees well, are a perfect way to do that. Well, fossil fuels are organic and they're carbon based, and they were meant to be sequestered forever. Huh. Right. And that's got, why they were in the ground. That's you mean? why they were there. Yeah. Huh. And we got really smart and learned how to extract them because the one on the ones above the ground carbon neutral material is too expensive to convert so mother nature did the work of converting the carbon below the soil with heat and pressure mm-hmm. right for us to duplicate that costs way more than we can extract it for and got convert it. it got it so it's easier to extract and convert because the work has already been done right but we could duplicate that work it just would be a lot more expensive not cost efficient right hmm. <laughs> we're deep into the like no this is great and I, and I hope our listener appreciates that uh you know that you you're you never know where your path is going to take you i mean it's like high school guys yeah. we've got this waste stream that's my new word wait we have this we got to figure out what to do with it right so take me back they're working you have come out with your four degrees and they say hey bill We've got, oh, what's that? What's that conversation? Yeah, how, like? just how do you how really do you structure a business around? You right. got a bunch of limbs yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back there because you know <laughs> the the people that listen to the show they're they're in business or they want to start a business or they're and and I'm agnostic to what the business is like. What you sure. all the steps are that it's going to be exactly the same. Right. It doesn't matter, right? So walk us through that part. So business is a science. Okay. Okay. Sure. When you get a bachelor's of science in business or a master of science in business, it is a science. Okay. So you have to understand the science of business. Okay. Keep going. You hit one lever and expect to get a certain outcome from that lever. So I try to make business simple. There's marketing, which drives the ship. There's operations, which rows the ship. There's a bunch of crazy finance guys that tell you how you're doing and where you're going. And if you actually achieved what you said you were going to. So my partners were really good rowers. Mm. Uh-huh. Probably some of the strongest rowers out there. Even when I directed the ship the wrong direction, 
they'll put you right there. We still, do, I still made a got little left turn, and we got there faster. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. they're just hardworking people, and I grew up with them in El Rio. We, we all grew up in El Rio, hardworking, and uh, we could just outrow and work longer than most people. So when people went to bed, we kept working. And before you know it, they'd wake up in the morning, and we're just further down the road going, right. how did those guys get there? Hmm. That's so, a, that's, th- that could be the most poetic, beautiful analogy you've, you've, you've made so far. It's just when they wake up, we're already gone. Yeah. Yep. Like we just kept working. So being in the Marine Corps for 10 years, you learn mm. a lot of good things about mm. strategy and war and survival and endurance and integrity and loyalty and honesty. And, you know, when you use that level of transparency in business, it attracts certain types of people. Yes. Mm. Positive mm. and negative. So it hasn't been a, a rosy garden the whole way because sure. you get the negative attraction as well. And as you get older, you get better at identifying it before it hurts you. Right. Um, so we, we all kind of grew up that way. So the synergy of our culture within our company is all friends and family of the same thread and background and uh, honesty and integrity and in how we work together. How many people in the company? So there's now about 150. So we're employing people at a pretty good rate. Um, for every one job at a landfill, we create 10 jobs. Interesting. So why put it in a landfill? Um, even if a landfill could say we could capture 100% of the methane, that is only 30% conversion of the material. So you got the gas out of it, great. You left all the minerals in the dirt mm. in a landfill that you can't get out and use for plants. And we're not using, we're not looking at landfills as places to grow things necessarily, right? No. No. Yeah. No, you're just storing them like a big battery. So do you, so do you go, so I'm thinking of my green waste, my container at home, mm-hmm. you know, that gets picked up. Do those go to you? I mean, do you go to the, like, Marborg and you Marborg get, brings material to us. They bring it to you. And so all the local people in the region bring all that green waste to you. Right. So we recently signed a new agreement with the city of Santa Barbara to take all the food waste that they're currently collecting. Hmm. And we're converting the food waste into um, plant nutrients. Is that a uh, that seems like closer to the end material? It is. Yeah. Like it's further along because it's really full of, you know, power. A lot of you think of how much energy it takes to grow food. Right. Oh, my gosh. So if you can't create nor destroy energy. Right. And it takes 100% to grow a tomato. What's your likelihood of getting the 100% back? Pretty, It's pretty good, right? Because it's right there. Well, today it gets thrown away, so you're lucky to get 30% back through the landfill. Sure, right. Mm. If we manage it, you're still going to lose um, some of the energy to the atmosphere. As it, as it travels as to you. As it's processing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're pretty good at trying to capture 85% conversion of the material. Which probably, whether anybody realizes it or not, is a giant number. It is a giant number. Yeah, yeah. But at least now it's being reused back in the soil to grow the next plant. Right. So I've. So it sounds like you've figured out this ecosystem, this waste stream ecosystem, and how to, A, how to get rid of it, because that's a problem, how to um, be compliant with legislation, right? That's part of it. How to then turn that into a product that which helps sustain the organization, makes a, a viable sustainable business i've got to guess this is happening in every community there's guy there's thousands of guys like you but you're so regionally focused because you don't want to be too far away from your waste streams right they get delivered to you well actually yesterday i was all the way in san diego so we have facilities throughout southern california really and we're now looking at northern california there are not a thousands of guys like us oh 
um, because you can only imagine a business model that is driven by supply push. Mm. Okay, most mm. business models are demand pull. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. you use brands. You buy your supply, Do you manufacture something, a widget, and you market it and you try to sell it. Demand pull, market so try push. Try a supply yeah. push. Supply push. Supply push, demand pull. Yeah. So. I'm so I'm so glad I get to come to school here. Yes, right? <laughs> so when you study supply push economics, Reaganomics, and you try to understand how you manage that supply push, it's a, it's a handful. Because we don't get to choose. It's a field of dreams. The door opens and the truck starts showing up. So think about it. We haven't had any rain for five years. Oh. Right. So you guess, don't have the guess, waste. Guess what's going to happen in April? Oh. And now, now we're going to have an increase in Bonanza. volume of material that we have to market or produce. Hence why you said it's rain and money at the beginning. Right. But so, right. But so, so just just for the physicality of this, are are we talking like like in my mind, I'm seeing just a big swath of land that you're you're kind of working on. Like you, you don't need a. Uh, are you in a barn or, or a, a you know, you're not inside, right? For this, no. Yeah, we are out in open space, and most of our facilities are anywhere from five acres to twenty five acres. Okay. Yeah. But regulation also puts a damper on things because House, there's there's no houses around you. Well, because we're um, we're highly regulated because we're managing waste. Sure. So we're regulated by land use, water boards, air boards, state board of equalizations. You got all these cylinders of government. You can't have runoff. You can't have runoff. Oh, so everything's got to stay oh. on your. No, yeah, you've got. You've now got to manage. If you have ten times the volume coming in, you've got to keep all of that on your property. Right. So if I had a hundred acres, it'd be a whole lot easier than twenty-five acres. But to afford to manage a hundred acres of stormwater. Mm. that can neither go into the ground nor off your property yeah. becomes a very expensive venture. What do you do with it? Yeah, what do you do with, just thinking with You go uh, faster. Huh. You go faster. So we're looking at technologies to go faster. How do I speed up Mother Nature? It used to take two to ten years. I got it to 45 to 90 days. How do I get to 45 minutes to 90 minutes? What? Hmm. So that's where innovation comes in. You know, how do we transform faster? It's always about faster, faster speed to market. Because if I'm going to have a supply push, I have to go faster. Mm. Or I have to have a bigger footprint. I can't have a bigger footprint. I have to have a smaller footprint. And the materials collected in urban centers, not agricultural centers. And the agricultural centers keep getting pushed away. Right. So, you know, there's probably well over 26 million tons of organic waste in the state of California. We're one of the largest processors today at about 500,000 tons a year. Not nowhere near 26. No, no nowhere near 26. How much did you say your, yours was? We're at about 500,000 tons a year input today for about 100 cities. Got it. By 2025, we have to remove or divert 75% of all organics from the landfills per regulation. Which and it's and it's per regulation, but it sounds like a pretty good idea. Like it sounds like it yeah, makes yeah, yeah. a lot of sense for us not to be doing. We should be. There should be more of you. You your business should be big enough. And it's to attracting investment groups. Yeah. It's attracting uh -oh. others that don't have uh -oh. twenty five years of experience. Mm -hmm. So they're learning all over with big money. Mm -hmm. So they're helping expand the market and adding innovation. But it's going to be interesting. So. Slightly different question, but still related to business. So you were introduced to us by um, Greg Van Ness at Tolman & Weicker, who's one of our sponsors. Right. And the way it works is um, he makes suggestions of interesting people that they find through their business. So I'm curious, 
what the insurance requirements are <laughs> for a big business like yours. I mean, how not how are they different? That's the question. How how is your business different from what challenge do you have with your insurance guy? What specific problems do you have? Uh, the challenges is not easily fit into a. Um, SIC code. We're, we're not easily oh. fit into oh. other businesses like this business. We have to kind of cut and paste. Are they a little bit like the mining industry? Are they a little bit like the a waste nurse, industry? You're a, you're a nursery sort right. of? Are we a little bit of a nursery? Are we yeah. a little bit of agriculture? So um, it's always a cut and paste to figure out how we're going to minimize risk. So you, in business, you have to ask yourself, why do I need insurance? Well, we did a whole we did a whole show on that. I mean, we talked about risk. And right. So, so what's the biggest risk for you? So the biggest risk is the unknown of what what we're doing and how we're converting and what we receive. You know, so we try to fortify that with how we do the business. First of all, that's how you minimize risk the cheapest way, and then we have to make sure we have enough insurance in every category, like in agriculture to make sure that we're not exposed. So we're a little bit like a manufacturer, so we have product liability insurance, right. but we're also a service company. So we have to have a lot of insurance that most service companies have, like a waste company. Hmm. And um, even though we measure everything, test everything, you're not really sure how it's going to impact the soil for a grower growing strawberries. You know, we just, Ventura County's known for growing a lot of strawberries. Right, right. It's a lot different when you're looking at financial risk of growing hay, mm -hmm. which can produce maybe two or three hundred dollars an acre in revenue, versus strawberries producing thirty-five thousand dollars an acre in <laughs> revenue. No kidding. So, wait, wait, wait. Say that one more time. That's that's amazing. So thirty-five dollars an acre? No, three hundred to thirty-five thousand. Jeez. So you ma you can only manage the you know, the risk, you think about that. It's like, okay, now I'm part of the supply chain to that strawberry because we just put a bunch of product in the soil. That they could hold you liable that for. That it could have, oh. a, could have an issue with food safety, sure. could have an issue with what? yield, could have an issue with If there was an E. coli in the soil. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. you think about all that and you go, you know, at what, oh my goodness, what level yeah. am I going to be held accountable in the supply chain mm -hmm. if these guys have a recall? Mm, mm, mm. Oh, so back you, to the dirt guys. So you, Let's go talk to the dirt guys because clearly it's going to. It be was clearly the dirt guys, yeah, yeah. even though they had every impact with fertilizing, with watering, with people picking. Well, and this goes back to you needing to be we ready had, for that kind right. of. Yeah. So that's where you know insurance companies that are in and around our business are understanding and watching for us to make sure, hey, this could potentially be an exposure. Right now, what's it going to cost to shore that up, or is it something we can? change the way we do business to minimize the risk. So it's a constant risk management part of the business as well. What is the, so, so that, again, we talked about this a year ago, we talked about risk management, we, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think it's something that entrepreneurs don't think about. You don't think about that until you have a problem, or you've got a guy who's helping you like, oh, had you thought about this, had you thought right. about that, et cetera. Here and I thought we were just talking about soil. Right. It's not, <laughs> obviously, which is why we're here, right? To, to, if if said, somebody's going to use your product for anything, if any if any consumer, if anybody who can hire a lawyer is ever going to be involved with your product, then probably you're exposed, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we um, I, I have a software company, and we create a system that uh, connects people. You make business connections. 
And I was thinking, do we need liability insurance for that? It's like, what? It wasn't a good connection. Mm. Yeah, so sue me. Oh. Oh, wait, they could. <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's just interesting when you think about it. I want to uh, pivot a little bit. You, because you don't want to draw in a lawsuit right now? <laughs> no, we, we actually had this discussion with uh, Carnival Cruises that mm. wanted to use us to connect people on the cruise line. And sure. we had to have a show that we had a, a million-dollar rider in our insurance. To, it's like, what, what is going to go wrong? But, again, that's risk. You also are on the Board of Regents at Cal Lutheran, who's our other sponsor, um, and have been helping. I'm really curious, uh, how do you find being on the Board of Regents, and, and what, do you, what do you do on that? <laughs> I'm just curious. You guys just, just sit around toasting champagne, don't you? Isn't that <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a firm believer in community um, support. So okay. I spend a lot of time... Uh, on several boards in Cal Lutheran, I would put as one of the ones I'm most proud of to oh. be able to sit on with a bunch of really smart people educating young people and old people and everybody in between. So um, as a business person with a lot of experience on building a business from the ground up, yeah, I bring a different twist to the university, which is an education system, mm-hmm. but is a business. Yes, exactly. So even... If you have a bunch of professors and educators that don't realize they're a business, they're a business. And they're competing with a lot of other private and public institutes, just like I do. I compete with private companies and public institutes that want to do it themselves, that don't know what they're doing. Mm. So it's uh, it's a great opportunity for me. I'm now, I was just added as the secretary of the board, so I'm one huh. of the top three executives there with Chris Kimball and his team. And I think it's a great school and it has lots of potential in communicating because it is um, um, part of the church as well. You know, it's a Lutheran university and the Lutheran religion also has their um, um, mission on climate change. And really climate change is really a cultural change, which is hard to do. Well, that's what you're talking about with the, with the landfills. Oh, exactly. Right. Just let's not, put, let's not treat trash and waste right. the, the way it is. So it's a cultural change. And when you think about where do you start that change, you start it with education. And you, you start communicating why this is important. So being a part of that, it's a part mm. of you know, what I do. They're right now working on a science initiative, which falls right in line with what we're doing. But you really, we marry art and science together because we have to communicate with art but we use science to solve problems. And without the combination of the two, it's hard to get people to make the change. It's, it's, it's back to that asking the question of the scientist. Like the scientist has to want to change to, it. They have to want to do it. And part of that comes from the influence of the arts is what we're always right. saying. Why yeah. are we doing this? Right. Not what we do. That's the easy part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The, we, that's the math. We row, we steer, and we measure. You know, that's, that's the what we do. But the why we're doing it? What's the why? The why because... We are stewards of the environment, Mm -hmm. and I believe firmly that what we're doing is helping make the the planet that we live on more sustainable. Mother Nature will correct itself, Mm -hmm. trust me. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we get too many people and the CO2 is too high and it gets too hot, it's going to fix itself. This it is, always th- does. This is like a, like back in the, the industrial, um, you know, Mideast where, where there's, there's like, you know, a river that everybody was using and enjoying. And then, um, you know, if, if we didn't pay attention to the largest users of the river, which would be like the factory that was just dumping its, its wastewater or whatever into it, then the rest of us were no longer allowed. And that's, it's like, that's not... That's not even. That's not hippy dippy. That's yeah. not tree hugging. That's just saying, hey, this river. It's science. That's yeah. It's this it's is our science. this is our river. Stop crapping at it. You well, know, it's, right. a, it's about stewardship. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. That's you're not being a, a good steward. You're not looking after so this mm-hmm. gift, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why well, you're using the water? So when you put it back, make sure you clean it before you put it back. <laughs> mm-hmm. which, which seems <laughs> really straightforward <laughs> and uh, not confusing uh, at all, right? Like, yeah. So the why is is really simple yeah be responsible we sell responsibility you know for those who can't do it we do it for you i love that you know i i actually want to end on that because that that was really good we sell (laughs) response i mean so where we started was just to understand the business but where we ended in we sell responsibility we you know we'll do we do it for you is such a a larger mission Mm-hmm. than waste treatment. Right. Right. When you think of that, you're like, no, no, that's not what we do. We sell this. I mean, that's, uh, you don't know this, but I'm a Tedster. And so I'm always thinking about wh- what's the core idea of this guy or this business? What's the idea that's wrapped in a story that's wrapped in, you know, how do we get to that? We could call it the why. It's that idea worth spreading. But I think that this is, this conversation is something that people can kind of look around. We have listeners in 42 countries. Wow. So l- look around and see what's happening with that the green stream, that waste stream in your community. And just go poke into it because I think we've proven in 45 minutes that that's interesting. And find out what's going on. Just uh, you know, spend 20 minutes, listener. Uh, <laughs> go do that. Bill, um, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, I'm not hard to find. You can just Google Bill Camarillo and, you know, our Agriman 1-800 number. You know, you can call in. And we are a company that firmly believes that we still answer the phone. We don't have an automated uh, phone system. You have humans. Even <laughs> though my uh, people think I'm crazy. Um, but they are they're great at making sure every, every call gets answered and um, that I get the message if someone calls in. And everybody, you know, I love growing things. I think we all have uh, a little bit of a green thumb and we all grow stuff. So kind of paying attention to that. I'd never thought of testing my soil. It just oh, never yeah. crossed my mind hmm. until this morning yep. to go in and, and test it, see what it needed. Then go onto your website and figure out, oh, that's what I need to get. Yeah, and pH is probably one of the biggest challenges to not having a, a green thumb. And salts in the soils is one of the bigger challenges because of the lack of rain. So. Hmm. People think that I don't have a green thumb, and it's really because they never had a chance to have one. Huh. Um, like a pool, if you don't balance the pH, the chemicals don't work. <laughs> so the soil works right. the same way. If you don't balance huh. the pH in the soil, nothing's going to work. Every time I go swimming, my hair turns green. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I would say it's that. not the way you're swimming, man. And on that note, Bill, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate this conversation. Um, I also. Um, 
want to, I know our listener, and I'm giving a shout out to Tim Goldstein because Tim's a new listener. And hey, Tim. We ran into one another and he loves the show. But he's been waiting for this part, which is when we put a title on the show. So we get to put a bow wrap around this conversation. What would we call this? So someone's looking at a long list of titles and there's, I've, there's several candidates in here, but what do you think we would call this? Uh, solutions to climate change. Ooh, that'll, that'll, that'll light up the Googles, won't it? <laughs> it's back. In my head, I was doing the business of dirt. Dirt <laughs> business. Dirty business. No, I no, like, no, I like, no, that's. I'm yeah, still no. going to use grift. Grift. Yeah. <laughs> it's a growing gift. I'll yes. give you credit. Yeah. yeah. No there we go. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. If you're interested in partnering with the podcast, send us a note to partner at 805connect.com. Hey, Patrick, so someone has stayed with us to the bitter end. Oh, we appreciate that the most. Um, yeah, if you're, you were about to say to me, uh, as many people know, how to how could they help us now? Exactly. And rate, write, review, give us uh, give us that that affirmation. There's nothing better for when you're going to look at a podcast and you're not sure which one to pick uh, than to see that some people have already listened to this and they believe in it. So give us a review so that we know what we're doing right and so that others can find this uh, show a little bit better. Um, also, there is absolutely the number one way to get a new podcast on your phone is to have somebody uh, tell you. So go tell somebody that they oh, should have like this, that. This, this show on their phone uh, and listening to it regularly. And if this is your first time uh, listening, uh, go back through the catalog. Uh, you might have come in just for Bill, but uh, it might turn out that we've got you know a hundred over a hundred episodes of other interesting uh, stuff in our catalog. So uh, go find another interesting topic. I love that. I also would love to hear from you. Um, specifically what you like about the show uh, and if you have ideas for guests we're now I think booking 16 weeks out Patrick so we're you know there's a lot there's a long line but um, I'm always looking for interesting people to talk to so um, you could drop me a note at mark at 805connect.com and until next time this is Mark Sylvester your host for 805 Conversations.